I've learned so many things. I think taking the reins back on my own life, having the courage to face rejection over and over and over and still persist and get up off the floor, putting myself out there in the world and believing in this work enough to actually believe it, it needs, deserves a life in the world. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello, my friend, and welcome. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, and I am so excited to share it with you. Before we get rolling, I want to give you some big news. If you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard me talk about the Midlife Uprising community for women, where we meet once a month on Zoom to spend time with each other and shake up our limiting beliefs about aging. Well, we've been meeting on Zoom monthly at 9 p.m. Eastern time, but at our last gathering, we all decided that 9 p.m. was when we were all starting to fade and get tired. I mean, most of us are over 50, so pumpkin o'clock comes earlier these days. (laughs) So we have decided to move our meeting time to Wednesday afternoons at 3 Eastern time, 3 o'clock. If you've been thinking about joining the community, but the nighttime meetups were too late, I hope this timing will work better for you. So our next meetup is coming right up. It's next Wednesday, July 12th at 3 p.m. And man, oh man, would I love to see you there. You can go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash community to learn more and to sign up to join in on the fun. Okay, so here's the scoop on this special episode. We have a guest who's been on the podcast before, but this is not our standard Where Are They Now format. Nina Hart is a writer, performer, and a creativity coach for heartbroken artists. I love that term. Who doesn't feel like that? Seriously. Okay, so anyway, the last time we spoke, we talked about her journey to becoming a writer and a creativity coach. You see, Nina had found that the standard programs for learning writing had stifled her creativity because of the heavy criticism involved in the process. She stumbled upon a method that busted open her creative process and decided to share that process through her coaching program. If you're interested in listening to our first conversation, it was episode 82, and I will have a link to it in the show notes for this episode. So, what you are going to hear today is a second interview that I did with Nina about her journey to becoming an entrepreneur later in life. This conversation was actually recorded for a live stream talk show called Good Morning Entrepreneurs, where I contribute short segments about later in life entrepreneurship as a roving reporter. The interview you'll hear today is an extended version of what actually aired on Good Morning Entrepreneurs, which was cut to like two or three minutes from the original 20-minute interview. To give you some context, 
Good Morning Entrepreneurs was created by my friends Kim White and Carrie Zarb, who are the leaders of the awesome business mastermind that I'm part of. They created the show for all the business owners out there who are feeling alone on their entrepreneurial journey. Kim, Carrie, and their superhero production team have curated conversations and special segments from a worldwide band of roving reporters, including me, who are also entrepreneurs, to share their expertise and their knowledge and behind-the-scenes business stories. Good Morning Entrepreneurs is a place where we can learn from each other and provide living proof of what fierce entrepreneurship looks like. The show airs live every Friday morning on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and even on Clubhouse. If you want to watch the show and subscribe, I'll put a link to the YouTube channel in the show notes for this show as well. So listen, if you're not a business owner or considering starting a business, stick around because I think Nina's story is inspiring on many levels. Her entrepreneurial journey is actually a story about her personal development. Not only is she a creativity coach, but she had to get creative just to get the funding to get her business started. You know, starting a business is not for the faint of heart. It's a journey where you learn loads about yourself as a person and have to expand what you think you're capable of. So without further ado, here's Nina Hart. Let's go. This is Yvonne Marchese coming to you as a roving reporter for Good Morning Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm speaking with Nina Hart, founder of Writing from the Top of Your Head. Nina is a creativity coach for heartbroken artists. More on that in a moment. She's also the author of an award-winning book of short stories titled Somewhere in a Town You Never Knew Existed Somewhere. I love that title. As the resident age agitator around here, I love bringing you stories of people who have become entrepreneurs later in life because I'm on a mission to remind you that you're not too old and it's never too late to start your next adventure. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Nina because she is living proof. Good morning, Nina. Thank you so much for being here today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Hello to everyone. So Nina, can you tell us a bit of the story that led you to starting your business? Well, I will tell a specific version of it. You know, speaking to people who became entrepreneurs later in life, I had a winding trajectory as an artist. I was a professional dancer, a bass player. I am a writer author, winding path in that way. I was also a massage therapist. So that sort of fed my habit of being an artist for many years because I could work part-time and I was very much on my own. I'll preface this whole thing by saying I have ADHD. It has colored sort of many of the choices I've made in my life. So the funny story is that I realized I was in transition with work. I did not want to do massage anymore. It was too hard on my body. And I also was not empowered as an artist to teach art because I have this whole thing about, I have to be an expert. I need an MFA. 
I need this, that, this, that, I need to be perfect. And someone close to me at that time said to me, after I had gone through a particularly enlightening time with my own writing process where I threw everything out that I knew, I went through this process of unlearning and finding my voice again in my own way. She said to me, why don't you teach? And I, I was like appalled. I was like, are you kidding me? Who am I to teach? And she said, you have many, many years of experience as a working artist. You know your creative process inside out. You've been through so many struggles as a person who's very rejection sensitive, who doesn't do well in traditional classes, who thinks about education. Since I was in high school, I was fascinated with education and why it didn't work for me. Like all of these things that go into making a human being. And I thought I had to leave that out because it didn't, mm. I didn't have an MFA for that. I didn't have a business degree for that. And, you know, this woman, like she very much empowered me. She said, start small, just offer a class, design it in the way you would design it, invite six, eight people, make it really low cost and wing it and see what happens. And sure enough, I took everything that I had learned in this unlearning process of mine. And I also became a creativity coach in that amount of time. And I combined the two things and I created this curriculum from the top of my head because <laughs> I had learned to write in that way too. So this curriculum came through me and I, I was shaking, but I invited these people that were, actually I told them, I'm going to have a writing class. And they were like, oh, sign me up. They were from an improv class I was taking actually. And they were oh. like, improv writing, you know, like there yeah. was a connection. So they signed up. And they stayed with me for like eight rounds of six week classes. Wow. They kept coming back. Yeah. And I feel like they helped me develop and refine the curriculum. But I I became empowered through that process. And I'm I'm so glad that I'm my own boss now. That's amazing. So, did you story. did you ever think of yourself as let's say an entrepreneurial type when you were younger. I mean, you were doing massage. So you were working for yourself as a massage therapist or were you, were you working at other studios and was it, was it your own business or? I was an independent contractor through a lot of spots and sometimes an employee, but I was a very reluctant employee. I did not like it. I caused, created, stirs and waves. And I tried to unionize one place and that went over well, but we deserved it to be unionized. So mm -hmm. yes, I, I, I guess looking back, of course I was an entrepreneur. Of course I was a life creator. You know, I didn't fit into the traditional boxes at all. I think very often people who are performers of a sort, either dancers or 
improv artists or actors or, you know, there is an entrepreneurial thing that goes into that. But I don't think uh, as a former actress myself, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. That was like business, you know? Yeah. And uh, and so did, did you ever, did is it only in looking back that you see that entrepreneurial spirit in yourself? I think, you know, traditionally we do think of entrepreneurs as not necessarily creative and that they have to be good at business. And that was, I think, what kept me from seeing myself as a fully fledged badge carrying entrepreneur, because, you know, I'm not traditionally good at business numbers, marketing, all of that. I, I, I hate it. Like I, I'm with I you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So like I've had to find a way to do it on my own terms. And I also have had a ton of scholarships through business incubators, people who had to walk me through creating a budget, you know, all of the ins and outs of, of tracking entrepreneurship. And it, it doesn't come naturally, naturally to me. And I don't think it's something women were particularly taught or for me, it was kind of taught through shame. And so, mm. because I was bad at it. And so like the worse I got at it, the more sh ashamed I felt. And, you know, it's just a matter of getting help. It's just a matter of finding the right help from people who don't shame us for not understanding. Like yeah. I can take like a half an hour of that information and then I'm cooked. Like I need to I, I call it, I, I'm crispy whenever I'm working on, like if I'm on a day where I have to do a lot of tech work or a lot of, you know, reporting sales tax or doing all the, the things, you know, those are the days where I, I'm like, my husband will come home and I'll be like, I am crispy. I am so crispy. <laughs> How long have you been in business now? Uh, 2014. So Since 2014. Oh my gosh. Almost 10 years. Congratulations. Thank you. I was wow. doing massage up until right before the pandemic. So I really flew the coop after the pandemic started. Okay. That kind of gave me permission. So it was kind of like a side gig that, that went full time once we went into the pandemic. I think that might be true for a lot of people. Does your business look the same now as it did when you started? I'm guessing the answer is no, because you went from a side hustle to full time. But is there any any other way that it's changed since you started? Like the, like maybe uh, the direction of it or who you wanted to serve or anything like that? Yeah, I think the seed of it is still remains kind of very centered in me and the people I work with. And I love that. Like the foundation is very clear, has always been clear to me. But as a person who is curious, creative, bored easily, needing to create something new, like I have gone through many incarnations on all the levels, like new websites, new offers. But right the last year or so have, has been a process of simplifying, like I am not catching every shiny object that comes near me. Like I really need to make really clear decisions about what I would like to do with my business and, you know, how it serves. So like my latest is I'm going to have a facilitator training 
that I'm going to offer in the summer for the first time. So I can teach teachers how to teach writing from the top of your head. And, you know, I've had a calling to help artists find gainful employment because instead of waiting tables, like what if they could teach creativity in the schools or for the elderly or in their PT practice? Like there are people that are interested in the facilitator training mm. that are from all kinds of areas because they want to do something that's enlivening for themselves and passes that along. So that's that's my latest. That's how it's morphed. That is morphed. so exciting. And how did you end up wanting to serve brokenhearted artists in particular? And can you explain what a broken heart? I mean, I know what a broken heart is, artist is. I think I think it kind of says a lot right there anyway, but tell, yeah. tell me about that. Yeah, I, I secretly want to ask you what you think a brokenhearted artist is, but okay, I will answer that. I was a brokenhearted artist. I, you know, would take a writing class and leave crying. I couldn't handle the lack of safety in those environments and how criticism was just slung out like morning hash in a restaurant, you know, like just it's normal that we live in a culture of criticism. And I, you know, experienced that heartbreak myself because I had a calling to be an artist, but so much stage fright, so much self-criticism, um, rejection sensitivity, and really needing to find safe spaces, which were hard to find. So heartbroken artists are, you know, for me, I work with writers who were in an MFA program and quit halfway through and stopped writing for 10 years because they were so heavily critiqued in that program that they couldn't restore that part of themselves. So mm -hmm. our whole culture is filled with heartbroken artists and our arts education is also filled with a lot of abuse. I will not mince words. And I, I dislike that very much <laughs> and I rail against it. So, you know, that, that heartbreak is real. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love how, sneakily courageous you are Nina it always amazes me and I'll tell you I'll, I'll go ahead and answer your question to me about yeah. what I think a broken-hearted artist is and it is what you described you know as uh, you know having pursued a career in theater there's just a lot of rejection as an actor you have very little power over your trajectory and your career in the sense that you cannot act unless somebody casts you in something, unless you are given permission through the gatekeepers to be part of a project. I mean, you can act in your living room all day doing monologues, but it is not the same. It's not that communal experience. And so for me, you know, when I stepped away from that career, it was kind of like I aged out. It was kind of like I was just done and 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 I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And then I was lost. You know, it took me five years to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. 
I called it. And uh, that was, you know, probably about the time I was 40 is when I picked up a, a big camera for the first time. And suddenly I could make art that I thought was beautiful anytime I wanted. And it was, uh, it was a life-changing thing for me. So that, that's what, that's what I think of when I think of a heart, it's just my own, my own journey, you know? So I, I wonder, I think I'll ask the last question for you is what have you learned about yourself because you took the leap and started writing from the top of your head? Wow. So many things. And thank you for sharing that story. I really understand. And you empowered yourself like that. You took the reins back. So just need to say that. (laughs) So I have learned, (laughs) I've learned so many things. I think taking the reins back on my own life, having the courage to face rejection over and over and over and still persist and get up off the floor putting myself out there in the world and believing in this work enough to actually believe it it needs, deserves a life in the world. And as a woman, I think that, you know, we have such imposter syndrome and we have, you know, ageism and beautyism and all of the things that tells us we're not enough. And, you know... (laughs) it's just strengthening on that level, like to follow your own path. And I also couldn't have done it without the help of others. So there was a time where I did not ask for help. I didn't know I could get help. Like I was struggling, trying to do everything bootstrap on my own. And, you know, everything from like, I wound up going to a training, gateless method training that I really wanted to add to my wheelhouse. But a neighbor said to me, because I couldn't afford it. And a neighbor said, what if I made pies and sold them so you could go to to your training? Oh my gosh. Right? I thought I sold a thousand dollar pie. And then I went and had cherry pie with that uh, patron with a glass of wine on her porch. And I was like, I never thought I could do that. Like, wow. I encourage all the entrepreneurs out there to think out of the box and have someone bake pies and do a fundraiser so you can afford to make a website or you can afford, you know, the next step in your business. So yeah, asking for help, like definitely tech help and getting a virtual assistant, all that stuff too, but bake all the pies and ask for, Ask for financial support too. That that has been crucial. That's so. incredible. I I love the creativity that goes behind that, and I can so relate to the bootstrapping, do it yourself tendencies because I share those. And and when I started the podcast, late bloomer, the late bloomer living podcast, I my word of the year that year was help. And my goal was to get, to ask for help and give help and have that be a a circular flow because I I started to recognize how essential that was going to be if I was going to move forward. Yes. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, a podcast like this is, you know, that it's that circle that we keep going of helping each other, helping ourselves, 
you know, passing along the the wisdom, supporting each other. So, yeah. Amazing. Nina, thank you so much for being <laughs> here today and for sharing so candidly and openly and vulnerably about the journey to to doing this thing that is entrepreneurship that is that is hard to begin with and i contend it's harder when you're stepping into it later in life and uh kudos man almost thank 10 you. years yeah Amazing. yeah thank you same to you thank you well there you have it you know i find it so interesting that nina myself and many of the friends that i've made who are entrepreneurs never thought of themselves as being entrepreneurial or, or, or as entrepreneurs. We, we all had it in our heads that entrepreneurship was for other people, you know, business gurus and people who are smarter than us. <laughs> if you have a side gig or an idea for a business and you're feeling overwhelmed by the idea of going all in, hope you'll check out Good Morning Entrepreneurs and see if that can help you bust through some of what's holding you back. Oh, and I have some exciting news about Nina. She's launching a new program in November for writers and artists who want to become certified creativity coaches themselves using the methods that Nina uses in her Writing from the Top of Your Head program. Her facilitator training program will certify you to lead powerful six-week workshops that help writers and artists silence their inner critic, escape creative shame, and find creative freedom. I will have more information for you in the show notes for this episode about all the things from Nina's new teacher training program to Good Morning Entrepreneurs. And don't forget, sign up information for the Midlife Uprising community. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com and look for episode 151 to get all the goodies. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.